How you doing, man? I'm great. Did you just wake up with with hair that looks like that? (laughs) (laughs) Took a shower. Podcast Junkies, Season 2, we are back. Episode 105 with Ellery Wells. Ellery is... As with all past guests, uh, someone who, with whom I have a bit of history, going all the way back to podcast movement number one in 2014 in Dallas, we ran in the same circles, and I believe we had a common friend in Chris Arone. We actually do, and we just never got to have a, a long chat. We'd just say hi in the hallways or see each other online, and it's just one of those names where I was watching his success with his show and he would uh, occasionally engage with me online or or in a Facebook group. But recently, Podcast Movement uh, 2016 in Chicago, we ended up um, catching each other at the PMX talks, which are the TEDx style talks that they do for, um, for speakers at Podcast Movement. And so we connected there and then in the hallway and then I said, you know what? It's it's long overdue. You need to come on, and uh, he did, and we had a fantastic conversation. He talks a lot about uh, being in corporate life previously. He was laid off in 2009, and in 2014, he was fired again. And he talks about that experience and how that really cemented for him that podcasting and coaching folks on how to be better entrepreneurs was really uh, more in line with who he is. Um, he's also been a member of Toastmasters. He did theater in high school. He's just really well-rounded, and I think he's really in his sweet spot now. So um, as 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 happens all the time when you do have a longer conversation, I just got to know him a little bit better, and I'm really glad uh, we got a chance to talk. It's been about a month ago since this was uh, recorded, but it's uh, evergreen as always, and I really think you'll enjoy getting to know him a little bit more. In case you uh, missed last week's conversation, it was with uh, Stefan Spencer. And Stefan uh, is a well-regarded SEO expert. He's written a, an, an incredibly big book on uh, the importance of SEO. But interestingly enough, that's not at all what we talked about during the episode. Um, it was just a fascinating discussion about his, the importance of uh, Tony Robbins in trans- completely, completely transforming his life. It's an amazing story. And uh, we took some turns that were really not expected. So check that out if you haven't already, episode 104. Um, If you're new to the show, my name is Harry Duran. This is Podcast Junkies. I'm glad you made it this far. (laughs) Uh, We talk to engaging and interesting podcasters every single week. I never get tired of it. And there's no shortage of them. I've got another uh, interviews in the can already, and they keep getting... I, I think at one point I was thinking about whether I'd, I'd run out of people to talk to that fit the profile of what makes sense for this show. But uh, as is the case, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So good thing for you guys, because uh, I just continue to bring you fascinating stories. So enjoy the conversations and uh, stay tuned afterwards for the retention hashtag. It's my way of seeing who's paying attention and some more information about our new sponsor, PodFunnel. Uh, a new service that's going to actually make your life a little bit stressful if you're a solo podcaster. Enjoy. Sorry, one more thing. 
If you were listening and paying attention last week or the last couple of weeks, you know that I've asked for comments via SpeakPipe and I've received my first few. So I'm not going to let you know who they are. You're going to have to listen to the end. But I've included uh, that in this week's audio in the outro. So listen in and you get to hear who they are and my comments on them and, and why I think they're so amazingly awesome. On to the show. How you doing, man? I'm great. Did you just wake up with, with hair that looks like that? <laughs> Took a shower. Do you, do you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Uh, I've seen maybe a couple episodes, not the whole thing. I have a feel the uh, character that um, Neil Patrick Harris plays, like yeah. it's a big joke that he never takes a bad picture. I feel like that's you and my friend Justin Carper. You guys have that same like professionally styled hair we would meet our masterminds used to meet at six at well six here it was seven there and like every time i've never seen his one hair out of place i just that's you right now part of it is a bit i am a bit ocd with some some <laughs> stuff like that um but i do you know there's something to be said for trying to look presentable in a interview as well what are you what are you you trying to say something no, you look great. I'm the, and I used to, you know, the, I used to uh, buzz my head a couple of uh, years ago. Like every summer, as soon as it started getting hot, I'm like, all off. And I'm like, that's the easiest thing to do. Don't have to worry about gel, nothing. You wake up and you're like, oh, shit, looks the same as it did when I went to sleep. <laughs> well, the uh, I started doing this in 2000, I think, in, in six. I, 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 in college, I had it long because I didn't want to deal with it. It's like, what? This is a waste of freaking time. I can either sleep in a few more minutes or do something else. Then I was, I, I, I cut it short to be presentable for a wedding, you know, did the whole gel and styling bit and whatever. And I was like, this is dumb. And I've been cutting it every two weeks uh, like this, man, I guess it means like 10 years now. So, well, the good thing is you can do that yourself, right? I do. I yeah. do. I do do it myself. I've, I'm gone. My second shaver, and uh, just, I don't want to waste my time on that stuff, man. Yeah, it's interesting. It's that whole uh, mindset of like you have a set amount of energy and brain power in the day, and then you have to choose like what do you want to do. Like I, my, the example I use is breakfast. I literally have the same thing for breakfast during the week. Every I have eggs, gluten free toast, coffee. And I, I make it for myself and my wife, and it's just easy. And, I, and I, I'm programmed already. I'm like, I can get it done in like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then I, you know, I, wanna, I want my brain power to be used for like the things I got to do. Like Obama, he's got the same suit. Like he said, he says, has the same suit and he changes like maybe his two shirts or something like that. But I think we need to have those things where, you know, you make a decision to say, that's not the best use of like my brain power right now. And I need to just put in, put that in a routine for you. It's like, cutting your hair every two weeks and you can spend it on writing books yeah 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 i uh it's not every is like not 14 days on the dot sometimes it grows it seems to grow a little bit faster other than you know but as soon as it's like yeah that's not right i gotta go in there and cut it <laughs> you can just so. tell you can just put your hand on your head and just be like oh that's not right Exactly. So should I assume that you're one of those podcasters that like as soon as as we pick up the phone, like we are we're on air? I th I thought that might be the case. So I was uh, I was hopefully prepared for that. 
<laughs> it's stream of consciousness consciousness type stuff and if anything comes up that uh we need to ditch and just let me know and we'll ditch it so no that's fine i'm just trying to live up to that that interview you had for episode 100 congrats by the way with uh with chase man yeah. i got deep yeah i got really deep <laughs> like, i'm i only like my itunes I'm a PC guy, but you know you can't really avoid iTunes as a podcaster. I was listening to that, and then I had to re like move from the kitchen, and I only got like 35 ish minutes into it. I was like, man, we're getting into like the meaning of the meaning of life, not just the meaning of life, but like what it means to think about. I mean, it, it was it was entertaining. Chase is always always funny, but um, yeah, that was pretty good. Well, it's pretty one of those things that. As podcasters, we learn to always have the mic on. And, and I, I think it's maybe like the reporters have this mentality, like, oh, just always record. You're going to get that sound bite. And there's been so many times when I didn't have it on. I'm like, you've probably experienced this too. Like, wow, that was that five minutes was like amazing. We should start recording. And then you're never going to like catch that, catch that moment again. Well, official, well, unofficially, I use Pamela yeah. and it records. I guess I could manually stop and start it, but I said it to do it automatically. I usually go through the like, okay, now we'll start recording, but it's kind of, um, it's kind of not good to do it that way. Just because as, as soon as you say we're recording, people like forget their names and it just, uh, I don't know if it's the, the lack of going to Toastmasters or whatever, but, um, I've had people for like forget their Twitter handles, um, not be able to spit out their URL, and I've I've probably been there more times than I would. I've, I've blocked it, but anyway, I record from the very very beginning, but I usually I don't always use it. So, so are you a Toastmasters alum? Can you ever be an alum of Toastmasters? Well, yeah, it's one of those lifetime things, right? Uh, I guess uh, I never got. I, I went for about a year. I, I did theater in high school. The last year and a half of high school, I did theater. I did some solo stuff and group stuff, and that really helped me be more comfortable either on on stage in general or just with speaking. And um, I I just as my business started to pick up, I just I don't there was there had to have been some reason where I just like kind of stopped and then because it wasn't like I weaned off it just I just stopped and then went six months later and then never went again it's fun but I think about this there's these skills that later on as entrepreneurs or now as entrepreneurs we find are so incredibly valuable but then when we were in like school or college or even in our nine to five jobs and like no one was telling us like we need to focus like public speaking or like learning how to really start a business not from like uh not from uh what is the the government agency you go to the website and it's like helpful for startups and it's like 10 tips on how to do a startup and you're like read them and like none of this is relevant (laughs) like incorporate like get get a get business cards open up a bank account i'm like where's the part that says you got to start making money man it's so strange (laughs) (laughs) or get over the self-doubt of pitching a product that might or might not work or any of the other. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. But it seems like all those things we have to do, we have to find out that we don't have those skills first and then go looking for people that can point us in the right direction. In your case, right? Toastmasters. At some point you're like, I need to speak publicly better. So maybe I should do something about that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking this, um, 
when Chase started talking about being into sci-fi and reading and you guys talked a little bit about uh, George R.R. Martin and stuff, I'm thinking all of the stuff that made people cool in like high school, middle school is like worthless now. I don't know if you were one of those cool kids, Harry. I was not. I hated middle school and most of high school. Um, but all the like – I was not a cool kid. <laughs> like all this other picks makes people interesting now would have gotten you shoved in a locker. I, yeah. I don't even, I mean, you can't even talk about that now because it's like politically correct or I'm, I'm not for bullying either, <laughs> but you know, it sounded like you were saying, man, I miss a good, like freshman in the locker. <laughs> I got, I, I got lucky. <laughs> I got lucky because I went to an old boys Catholic high school and I mean, hazing frost. It's called frost Fridays. It was horrible, and my brother was one year ahead of me. So thank God for that because he sort of cleared the, the like the path. He's like, okay, that yeah, you don't mess with George's brother. You know, he's he's like off limits. And so they would razz me a little and my friend a little, but we got. I mean, there was some s- just crazy stuff. Like freshmen would be made to roll a pencil up the aisle of the school bus with their nose. It was crazy. <laughs> like, Dude, so- those private schools, <laughs> man, they're they're the worst. I went to a private school from in sixth grade and part of seventh grade and the worst bullying uh to not not just to me i was an outsider most of those guys and girls had gone like they started kindergarten together and you come in at sixth grade and there's like 40 people in all of the the sixth grade and you're an outsider and you don't have as much money as everybody else. Like your parents are scraping together to send you and some kids are getting dropped off in the Mercedes or whatever. But anyway, I was, I did not fit in the private schools seem to be the dumping ground for when you get kicked out of public school. Yeah. I don't know if that's, (laughs) that's probably not universally true, but it, Anyway, sixth grade was miserable and the stuff that makes you cool. Listen up, kids. The stuff that makes you unpopular and nerdy and whatever in middle school, people will love you for it when you're 30 something. Well, I think they <laughs> would. Stick they, it out. They, but what's happening, Ellery, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I see a shift, man. I see like now they're proud you know, to wear these badges. It's like, oh, well, the badge of honor of like being a geek or. I can, you know, I'm super nerdy on Game of Thrones or I, you know, I have this comic book collection that's crazy because I think what they're doing is they're finding their tribe online and then they're getting all this support and to say, oh, that's so awesome that you do that. You know, someone in Japan is like liking your video and something like that. And you don't have to get acceptance from like your local community, which it used to be, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Well, I mean, uh, the world saying the world is different is is the understatement of the century but um i mean we didn't we didn't have cable we had like uh abc you know the abc nbc and then we had like channel 27 which had fox and random stuff we had like five channels now there's like 2000 so right. there's there's a it's like like podcasting and blogging i mean there's there are more ways for people to have a voice now i feel like than there was um, I have no idea how old you are, but back in like the late 80s, early 90s, you know, you got, I mean, there was uh, TGIF, you know, you got uh, not Saved by the Bell, but, you know, the Friday night show. Like, yeah. after that, it was. It was for, well, it was must-see TV for a while, right? Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I didn't grow up watching TV. But anyway, you got it. It feels like it's easier to have uh, a 
voice, partly maybe due to the the internet, but now it would be easier because you can find your weird interests and yeah. stuff. It's easier to find other people with Google. Maybe it, maybe it all has to do with with Google being able to search for your weirdness online and find other people with the same weirdness. I don't know. Yeah, and you'd be surprised at how weird you can get and still find a community. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some strange stuff out there that people Google and they're like, "Oh, there are people who like punk and collect kitten posters and I don't know and crochet or something." I don't know. <laughs> well, one thing that you don't want to Google is when you're trying to when you're playing Cards Against Humanity. You ever played that? I have not. I've heard really fun things about it, though. You just don't want that showing up in your Google history, like what all of this stuff means, right? I mean, you <laughs> maybe maybe that's anyway. Yeah, I'm sure someone's going to be doing it as they right after they listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Oh, well, let's see what that means. You're know, like, oh, oh, yeah, here's, oh, <laughs> yeah. Here's a tip: use your incognito window for that. <laughs> So talk about this idea of um, having a platform for your voice and you, you know, you've done the nine to five. I did the nine to five thing for like 20 years and I'm sure you can relate to that. So you started, um, you started the blog first yeah, and then, and then you moved into the podcast and now you've got the book. So at some point you realized you had a need to get your voice out there. And I was, I'm wondering, like, when that happened. Like, when was that transition? Like, are you sitting in your cubicle and you're like, I need to say something? Uh, well, I, yeah, there, there was kind of a time that it, that it happened. It was maybe more specific than, than other life changing events with me or for, for other people. What I started doing is I, it was, I was bored. Right, you're. I mean, you're standing at the same freaking cubicle wall or the window that looks the same pasture with nothing on it. Um, but I I started uh, reading these things on Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Inc., and I started just turning around and talking to my other cubicle guys, like, "Hey, you know, this I just read this. What do you think?" And we'd we'd chat about it, or whatever. And I started thinking, okay. Well, the three or four of us at the end of the row here are enjoying talking about it. Maybe I'll put something together and send it out to other people who might enjoy reading it or whatever. So I did that, put it in a one page, saved it as a, a PDF and emailed it. And then one of the guys I used to work with at IBM emailed me back and he's like, hey, I really like this. I really like what you're doing. You kind of inspired me to do this thing. And I was on a Friday. I was like January twenty. 7th 28th 2012 it's not really that relevant i just happen to remember because i started my blog the just a couple days later that's pretty specific <laughs> yeah so he and my i kind of inspired him and him saying so inspired me and so i i got one of those like um weird blogs dot server two three four dot net or whatever because i didn't want to spend any money but then i started a blog and i was going to do the exact same thing but i thought you know what if these guys can do this, if these they can write all this stuff, I was like, why can't I do the exact same thing? And fast forward now, I mean, we're I can't believe it's been almost four and a half years. That didn't even sound right to say it, but uh, four and a half years later, you know, got a blog that gets a few thousand people every month. And when you started the blog, you were scratching an itch, right? 
you felt like because otherwise because this ha- i think that what this what happens is we feel like if we don't get this out of our system we're gonna feel like oh man i, w- I got something to say or i got something to share and i don't know where to share it but i, I need to to start somewhere or else i'm just gonna go a gl- little crazy and i'm wondering as you started to do that if you felt like you were you were scratching that itch you know for me harry i don't think it i don't think it was this i don't where was that i don't think i had like this this message like Oh my gosh, people have to hear this. Not in, not in, not in the beginning of that, not in the beginning of the podcast. And I know not even at the, the when I sat down to start uh, the book Exit Strategy. For me, it was a lot of it. Um, I'm sure a, a psychologist would have a field day with this statement, but for me, it was like, well, if those guys can do it, why can't I do it too? And, then it kind of evolved into, well, if they can do it, I can do it better. And it was just kind of this, um, no one ever told me, no, you can't do this. It was never that, but it was just like, why the hell not? Why, why, why can I not do this too? I don't need your permission. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of evolved into kind of a, a cornerstone of my, my messaging now is you don't need permission to do anything. Just go out there and do it. And that's kind of, I think, how the blog started. I know that's how the podcast and, like I said, the book started there are other things that i have done that didn't come out of that why not me attitude but that i think that was more of the root not necessarily an itch of like oh i've got this this thing inside of me that just has to be let out and i'm looking for a medium uh to do that with and then when when would when did you feel like the blogging needed to uh grow or evolve into the podcast when I heard John Dumas on Smart Passive Income, I thought, like a lot of people do, I think, um, I heard I was like, if if John can do it, if this guy can do it, I can do it. I can I can make a lot of money. I mean, I just ten thousand dollars a month. That'd be pretty freaking cool. Um, so I am not very shy about uh, mentioning that. I want. I got into podcasting because I want. I thought I could and would make money. That said, I don't. I don't have sponsors on my show. I don't, um, I can tie a bunch of revenue, uh, to the show, but not directly. It's more of the, like, uh, now the, a listener no likes and trusts me now. So they're going to buy something. It wasn't like, you know, Oh, I promoted XYZ product and then, you know, use my coupon code. It wasn't anything like that. Where was that, that need, to is it just that you wanted to stop your job or that you felt that you wanted the the freedom of making the money on your own terms um so you can do what you want when you want um it all it started without being any sort of entrepreneur motivation behind it at all uh it was these are interesting i want to share it and have a conversation and then I thought, I thought I started a book club at work too of of reading, and that probably came out of also this sharing of articles and this one page PDF thing, and and also the blog. I think honestly, it was something I thought could help me get promoted, like illustrate leadership in this capacity, and start this book club, and. Uh, you know, lead these people through a personal development journey and I'll get tapped and say, all right, 
uh, we'd like you to, you know, take over a team. I thought it would get me promoted. It actually mm-hmm. did the exact opposite of that. It was, um, I, I can't say it was the worst thing that I did, period, but it was probably the worst thing that I did for my career. How so? And I'd, how so? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, there's a chapter um, called John Maxwell Ruins My Career and the Point of No Return, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I, it was, it was bad because I was reading all of these business books like Entree Leadership and 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, all of this stuff. And I was reading up until the 21 laws. I, I had read things that made a lot of sense, but I was like, okay, that works for Dave Ramsey. I mean, he's got 500 employees, but, Dell has 80,000 employees. I mean, there's there's 150 people on my side of one floor of this building in my department. So I don't know if these leadership and business principles, how to treat people, how to do X, Y, Z, I don't know if they scale to multinational tens of thousands. And then I read 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and John Maxwell does, does a, a case study on Costco, one of the largest companies in the world. And then that, <clears throat> that was that was it. That was kind of the end. Um, so while I was learning a lot, all of a sudden it went from, okay, this same stuff that I've been learning about taking responsibility and treating people different, it works for Costco. And so at that point, Harry, it was just like, if it works for them, I mean, why could it not work here? And it was either – it came down to uh, either – uh, an ignorance of a better way or an unwillingness to do it a better way. And at, so, like I said, it was fantastic to read all of those books, but that was really the beginning of the end. I, I saw that there was a better way that it worked and that we weren't doing it as a company. So there's, there's something about that moment when it's this shift that happens and it happened for me when I just knew that I, you know, I, like my, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's like a real actual path, like forming like your new fork in life. And I'm wondering if that's what it felt like. Cause to, for me, it's just like, I can't, I'm not going to be on this path anymore. Like when you know, in that moment when you're like, I'm not going to be in a nine to five job anymore. And I don't know how soon that's going to happen and how soon I'm going to get it off. But it's like, I now know, I now see a new way to do things and a new way to have a life that's fulfilling and and not be like driven by the whims of my 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 manager and his manager and the director and the VP and whatever that chain goes like in in corporate America and you just like man we all have aspirations and you talked about leadership so I imagine at some point you were looking to climb that ladder and then you realized uh, it, it was leaning against the wrong building <laughs> yeah there <clears throat> I don't know maybe I'm I'm a little bit more stubborn than the average person. I mean, we've we've heard of the phrase "aha moments" and all this stuff. Um, for me, it was probably like several things over uh, five or six years. There wasn't like one. I mean, I've had smaller aha moments that have like changed course just a little bit, <clears throat> but. Um, I really realized that I would not be climb as high as I wanted to at Dell and other people wouldn't either because we looked – I looked at a guy. I forgot his name. He came in as like one of the senior VPs. So he was my boss's 
boss's boss's boss. He was like two or three from from Michael Dell. And he was uh, he had a salary eight million dollars, which by the way he was let go like eight six months after that because our he was an idiot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they so he's getting paid all of this money, which we all which we we all wanted we all wanted to make that kind of money. But he had done a, a tour of duty, if you will. Like he he worked here. He went to an Ivy League. He was he did something over in Europe. He came back. And he was also at Bain Consulting, and he worked at IBM, and then he came back, you know. And, like, there's just not enough time in the day for someone in their late 20s, even though that's not very old, to make that long tour to come back. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not going to go and get a job at Bain in New York and work in Manhattan wearing a suit for a few years and then go over to the UK division, you know. So – I don't know. I, in some ways, I, th- I think part of my my story sounds very jaded, um, and and I don't know. But it 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 was several different things that kind of led me to where I where I am now. And even that sounds kind of weird. Where I am now, but how how was the reaction to those that were closest to you? And was it something visible that they saw in you that was changing as like your mindset or even like sometimes your attitude is, is different or sometimes the way you act with people when you feel like you're on the right path, you're just, you're just happier. And, and I'm wondering if those closest to you was, were starting to see the change. Absolutely. That was kind of one thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about um, too often. I've mentioned it a few times with some of my clients about in relation to like vacation time, oddly enough, but when you're when you are miserable like I was forty to fifty hours a week, it you can't really just turn it off when you get home. Like you're you wake up and you're excited. I used to get up three hours before I had to be at work and I would read and I would blog and, and do all these things, and then I'd go and be miserable from nine until six. And then I'd sit in traffic and come home and get home about six thirty or so. And you, you're, you, it's a, I don't know, you, you digest the day or you've got this like filthy anger all the time. And then you just can't just like this, be this happy person. And you do that for a few years and then you just become a miserable person, not on purpose. Maybe, maybe it is on purpose. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like it necessarily was. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was a lot happier. My wife noticed that as well i felt like like if you were if you were keeping a tally of like good days and bad days i said this to someone just the other day i don't have very many bad days anymore and that's kind of like a un, unspoken maybe kind of side benefit of doing something you enjoy all the time you just not miserable you're just happy you laugh more you see flowers and butterfly you know <laughs> but <laughs> no it's true i mean your perspective like if you don't have some space left in your in your brain or whatever your soul or your heart to kind of like just to, to appreciate the good things in life after working like you know eight nine ten hour days that's gonna just like harden your heart you know maybe or or just make you feel like damn i'm like literally stuck on this hamster wheel and i see no way out and and as you're saying what you're saying about like how you're feeling 
I was, you know, getting this like visceral feeling of like what it must be like to hear those words and be in that situation. Because to hear it, you know, I hear it and I, I was there. But if I'm like for those that are listening and are in the car and, and this and what Ellery just said is striking a chord with you, there's a reason that it's striking a chord. And, you know, there's people that are meant to do nine to five and we can't all be entrepreneurs. We need people that in these offices doing these things. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But if you feel that calling and if you had like that visceral reaction when Ellery was speaking, I think that might be a sign that you might not be on the right path and you might need to start, you know, reading Ellery's book or checking out the podcast and, and figuring out if there's maybe another way. Well, you, yeah. I mean, you're Monday through Friday, everybody's, well, Monday and Tuesday, it's what you, what did you do over the weekend? On Wednesday and Thursday, it's what are you, well, Wednesday, it's like, Hump day. This, this, this sucks. <laughs> you know, let's take an executive lunch. It's a little bit longer. And then it, Thursday and Friday morning, it's what are you doing for this weekend? So you're surrounded by people, even if they like their, what they do, you're surrounded by people that are constantly talking about what they do in their off, off time. Yeah. And it's always this race to, uh, like you don't schedule calls on Friday afternoon, just hoping maybe, you know, we're ahead of our quota and they'll send us home or you're ahead of your quota, but nobody else is and they can't send you home because it would look bad, you know, but it's just who you surround yourself really matters. And yeah. even if they're not bad people or negative people, well, even if they, if, even if they like it, it's still this conversation of um, what are we going to do when we escape? Yeah. <laughs> at five o'clock on friday or whatever well people i mean there's this parkinson's principle how uh, work expands to fit the time that's allotted and mm. th this idea that okay you have eight hours to do your work today and there's, there's nothing like about that number that says like every you're telling me every single person in america and most of the world they they need eight hours to like do their like literally like we're automatons like robots like that's what that's what an, you would program a robot to do like this you, you finish this task in eight hours some people work fast some people slow but we all know that example of like hey your boss comes in is like hey Ellery, i think that report like in two hours like or you're not going home you're like magically you have this like power <laughs> to do the report but if he says hey ellery i need that report next week is fine and you're like <laughs> like you're like it gets spread out and it takes like two weeks you know a week to do it and so i'll tab back over to youtube <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then yeah we just try to fit our time and like how many people are like sitting there like gotta look busy gotta look busy you know and then like switch that doing the alt tab and just like a, having this spreadsheet handy that they could just toggle back forth to <laughs> and, did, and it's like excel yes i'm working on the spreadsheet you know and then just back when the boss is away did you ever get those uh they kind of circulated through the email a few years ago it's an excel spreadsheet that's a game oh really like down at the bottom, you know, you can see your icons of what's open and it opens in an Excel spreadsheet, but it's, I don't know how it's done, but it's a, it's like a little basic, like Nintendo-esque uh, game. So you can have a spreadsheet open, but you're like playing whatever, but. Yeah. Well, it's the, th it's the things that we do to like avoid and 
And it, I mean, that's a that's a sign that that shit is broken, right? That you just you shouldn't be in a position where you're doing that, where you're just fooling yourself and fooling your boss. And 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 you think about this on a corporation level: how much time is wasted? Like how much time is wasted from people who are just, you know, screwing around on their computer? And then when you do that math of like meeting meetings are horrible, right? <laughs> Everyone. And then if you do, okay, there's ten people in the meeting. And you're in that meeting for an hour and let's say everyone makes a hundred grand and you know, whatever the hours on that work, like literally every meeting is costing you the company like tens of thousands of dollars, you know, over the course of several months in just like bullshit, like non-productive, no work gets done during that time, you know, and people need a couple minutes to get ready for the meeting. And then after the meeting, like, oh, it's lunch. So let's just go to lunch. And then just like, I'm sure people have analyzed that and you know I know people are trying to do things like standing meetings now and and agile meetings and all that stuff but that I mean just all that just seems like it's broken and I think we see it now as entrepreneurs because we think we would never run our business like that it was it's so banana <laughs> I don't pay for you yeah like to think to have someone that works for us that would be like inclined to be like hiding like their work from us and and then taking like long lunches and you know I don't you know, I have a couple people that help me and I just like, I don't give them a, a schedule. I'm just like, these are things that need to get done whenever you think you can do them and however you think you can do them, as long as you get them done by, you know, X day, then I'm cool. Like if you need to do them from your living room in your pajamas or like, you know, do it all in one day, it's fine. But everybody has a different way of working and to kind of fit people into this 40 hour work week, eight hours a day, like mold, because that's what it is, right? We just pour everyone into this mold and expect they're all going to produce the same way. It's just crazy when you think about it well i uh i always i charge my clients and bill and pay uh people who i pay based on a performance like a like a specific results or a commission or i know it should take this or i want i want this result whether it takes you three hours or 30 minutes i just i just want the final the final product. Yeah. But when I was uh, in sales at one, at one point we called it um, our E pin, like electronic penetration, <laughs> <laughs> but it was how many of our orders were done online through these premier pages, which basically means like passive income is what we would call it yeah. uh, these days. At one point, 89% of my orders were going through online. Like I didn't have to touch them. There were like they'd go in. The customer would log into a portal and everything. So, eighty nine percent of my four or five million dollars for that quarter was all done online. And I'm supposed to sit there when with people that are getting faxed orders and they have to enter them manually. Which was the guy who what became my boss and then fired me. He was getting faxes and doing them manually because oh, he thought that was better customer service. I'm like. My customers pretty much love working with me because I get their orders faster and there's no chance for for mess ups. But whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just, we're we're not all we're not all the same. And I like that you brought up. You know, do we need a world full of entrepreneurs or do we not? I guess at some point there's there's somebody who can't be entrepreneur focused. But even if you're talking about like a salesperson, they can be entrepreneur focused in their business is promoting other business or whatever. I don't know. I think that's kind of an interesting conversation. I don't know we'd ever get to a, any sort of conclusion or decision think, about it. But. Yeah, I think there. to your point, there are things that they can learn that work for entrepreneurs 
that they can, uh, they call, there's a word now called intrapreneur with an I, and it's people who are doing entrepreneurial stuff, but within the confines of business. Um, one of my clients has a podcast called Innovation Ecosystem, and that's, he has conversations with people that have those types of, that do, do think like that. So I think some, I think if corporations are to evolve, they're going to have to figure out like what's working out there for entrepreneurs and bring that into the company if, if these companies are going to succeed. See, I don't know. I, I was on uh, Jeff Brown's Read to Lead podcast a few weeks ago, and he mentioned the cover, I think, of Success Magazine. It was like, is the nine to five job dead? And I think, so I don't know. I think I think companies are evolving, but they're not evolving in the way that that you or I would want them to. And that's not necessarily bad because the way that you or I would grow and scale our business to a hundred thousand or a million or two million are some of the same things that they're talking about, like letting people work remotely or work their own hours. We don't necessarily want to hire an entrepreneur because they'll take our ideas and start their own business, yeah. which is why I have a non compete section in my contract. Uh, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> um, but um, the the ability to to work from home, which I had that two hours or two days a week, um, maybe flexible hours. I think companies are evolving just not in the way that you or I care to be a part of. Or at least I know I don't yeah. really care to be a part of that. So shifting over to the types of um conversations you've been having on the show it's it, it's changed now from empowered podcast to the ellery well show it has yeah and what was the the thought process behind the branding and any changes in the content sure i'll get a little bit more specific than i sometimes do my first blog was called empowering the 80 percent and i'll um do you remember were you which side note let's come back to this I didn't realize that you and I were both at the New Media Expo in 2014 yeah. before it like tanked. Yeah. Um, just by I was thinking about this, and let uh, this, we'll come back to your your question. I was thinking if like 50 percent of success is showing up, 50 percent is just sticking around, and the other 50 is like the all the other scuff stuff, the the skills and the talents and the the luck. But how many people do you remember from January of 2014, Harry? That like their UR, they just didn't even renew their URL, or mm -hmm. they did a few apps like to I, that may be an oversimplification, but it definitely takes more than 100 percent effort to to be successful. But it's just part of it is just like what is it, Survivor the show, like Outlast, Out something, <laughs> Outwit, I yeah. I mean, just. Just stick around. I mean, I got a random tangent. I got a business card from this guy at Podcast Movement, and his URL from three weeks ago, his email bounced, and the URL doesn't work. Hmm. Three weeks. <laughs> he maybe it probably wasn't even working to begin with. Maybe he just wanted to have this 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 business. But anyway, um, I've forgotten your question. Oh, the okay, so. It was empowering eighty percent. I um, I, it's the Pareto 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 um eighty the eighty twenty rule, and I I was just thinking, well, how much more successful could you be if instead of focusing on the twenty percent, what if you could empower the eighty percent? It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Well, it it 
was not the the best branding. It was it took more than half a second to explain, but I ran with it for for two years, I guess. Um, so having the the brand name empowering the eighty percent lended itself really well to the empowered podcast. So I ran with that even after I changed my URL over to elleriewells.com. And I felt like the traditional model of podcasting, um, I was kind of tired of it. I was just even not just hearing it because I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts anymore just because I don't commute anymore. The longest commute really is like three minutes down the hill to Starbucks or whatever. Um, but I was very much intro transition music interview transition music outro. It's like, this is, I just, I don't, I don't want it anymore. And I felt like, I felt like I wasn't able to just go all in on throwing my personality out there. And most new people, uh, they kind of hide their their personality. They want to be professional and blah blah blah. It's all it's all bad advice, by the way, everyone. Um, people like you because of your personality, and I felt like the 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 structure that I'd been using for ninety something episodes, maybe seventy, eighty, whatever. Uh, I felt like it was very confined to exclu- uh, not include my personality. Yeah. As much as I would have really liked, and I wanted to change it up. Plus, uh, most of my traffic was coming people searching for my name, and then so there's there was actual logic behind it too, not just an emotional decision. But um, for SEO reasons, and I felt like removing, uh, like right now, you've got podcast junkies. That could be anything, yeah, not just podcasts. And I, I had this idea of doing more video and having the Ellery Well show. Um. Anyway, I, I wanted to take podcast out of it. My brand wasn't empowering anymore, although those are empowering and equipping are my two kind of attack points. Um, that's probably a really long way to answer your question. Well, the other the other podcast you have with Ashley is occasionally explicit. Yeah, which I caught the last one, which is hilarious. Um, and I was like, "Well, there's a big gap here." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll call that a hiatus. Yeah, <laughs> or a season. You could just call it a season. Oh, that was season two, guys. Welcome to season three. <laughs> exactly. And we're back. I like how podcasters now have that out. Like if they ever go on, a, they need to take a break or they took a break. Okay, so that was a season. You know, I've seen like three seasons in the span. It's There's no rhyme or reason here, by the way. I've seen seasons that last like 10 episodes. I've seen someone literally change their numbering scheme. So they start in the hundreds. And then when they go to the next season, they start in the 200s. And season three is in the 300s. So I was looking at the numbers and it was like four episode 400 and something. I was like, oh my God, this guy is like, dave jackson you know and it was like a total of like 20 episodes (laughs) and they were just like renumbering at the hundreds with each season i'm like oh they're just confusing the shit out of people now yeah yeah so yeah we you could call this one a a new new season i'm glad you caught it though but uh, what's funny is that you we just need a event right we need a place where we can just say what whatever the hell's on our mind i'm trying to incorporate it incorporate that now into this show and the conversations that I have. I, As you might imagine, I go to podcast movement and I tell people I have a podcast that interviews podcasters and they're like, I'll be on your show. I was like, 
I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea if I can sustain an hour-long conversation with you. So let's hold off on that thought and let's get to know each other a little bit because uh, I don't want to bore my audience. And I just want to have – honestly, it's my show. And as selfish as it sounds, I just want to talk to cool people and, and friends and – and and that's it, you know. At the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, you like you you you, you figured out your show. Like, I don't want it to be formulaic, and I want to have a we should be we should have a good time while we're doing this, right? I tell you what, yes. Uh, one of my most downloaded episodes was with a guy named John Harrison. I don't know if you, uh, he's a Florida guy, and he and I had met before through through blogging actually, and we met in person in twenty third. 2014 i don't know a couple years ago and i interviewed him after i got back here to to texas and there was some some structure to it but we had a great rapport because we were we're friends which by the way i think the way you do it with video adds an element to that that might not be there otherwise even if you know the person um and people just really liked the the connection that we had so you do have to there there's not only numbers to back up that drive to do it that way uh but there's uh it's also i think more more fun to listen to yeah one of the things you and ashley were talking about was a recap of podcast movement and it was for me it was a lot of fun to connect with people i i can probably count on one hand the sessions that i went to <laughs> and uh, and but i you you mentioned something about uh, it renewing uh, something about the sense of power of podcasting for you because you went there. Can you talk a little bit about that? Were we were we too harsh in our in our judgments? No, I think you were spot on. So I <laughs> okay. think you know people need to call a spade a spade. <laughs> there you go. Um, so re- the power of podcasting. Um, pod. It seems to have been diluted a little bit over the last maybe 12 to 18 months, but like the, like I've called it, it sounds kind of weird, but I called that new media expo that we were talking about before, kind of like this magical time. That was my first opportunity to be around people who were kind of like me that liked the blogging and podcasting stuff. And then you get podcast movement and it's a lot of those. I've, I I wasn't, but it was almost like a I was a celebrity at the first podcast movement because it was like three or four hundred people, and I probably knew a good chunk of them. Yeah. And I'd been keeping in touch with them for a year a year or so. But podcasters in general seem to be like very encouraging and helpful, and at least at the conferences are very much like. I start your show. How can I help you? Um, here are some tips. Here are some some people that you you need to know. And that's kind of diluted. Maybe it's remained the same, and other things have grown. But the my my connections haven't. I don't know. It might be as much of my problem as in as opposed to a, an organizational challenge. But um, when people when people were asking us about our show is it coming back what happened i enjoyed it or whatever that t- 
tells you, oh, people were out there and listening, so you want to do it. Plus, you get the fact like this is a really powerful way to share any sort of message. So if you have a business behind it or I don't know if you're familiar familiar with John Dennis, John, like he grew his business and had to stop podcasting because it was bringing in too much business as a marketing tool. So podcasting is is a great way to connect with people. And just by going and being around it, you're like, man, we really did have a whole lot of fun while we were behind the microphone. We should start that that up again. And then that that occasionally explicit that we do is um, we ended up talking about like her work, my wife's work, and then um, – And David Copperfield. Wh- <laughs> David Copperfield <laughs> and, and a whole bunch of other crap. Uh, and then what I'm doing. So there is a little bit of, you know, like business stuff that goes on, but it's mostly just marriage. And people, like if we were sitting around having a glass of wine or a beer and a cigar or something like that, that's the kind of stuff that we would talk about anyway. And that's why people listen to it. It's just like, you could probably just turn it on and then go and, and sit there and feel like you were sitting on the couch with us. And that's the goal. But at the same time, it is still a, a really cool way to connect with people who, whether either want to be entertained or informed or, or whatever. I think what's great about that is it gives people an insight into who you are and it sort of rounds out your personality because if they just heard you on, you know, the Ellery Wells show, they'd get this, you know, the, the specific message you want to deliver there. But there's two things happening on occasionally explicit, you're more relaxed and then you have Ashley to bounce ideas and go back and forth on and you've got that dynamic that really helps. And I think you were doing Facebook Live at the time too, as if you needed yeah. it to make things more complicated. But now you have the riffing off of the comments too, which is interesting and something I might I might try as well. But I think all that together makes you feel like you're at this, you know, this is like cocktail party or something like that. And I think I think that's how some of the best podcasts work. I mean, um, when you I, I don't know how far, how long, or what episode number this will be, and therefore how long it is after your your 100 with Chase. But you feel like, man, I could be sitting right there talking, or like, yeah, I agree too. I mean, like, yeah, that was pretty stupid, or that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, it, it skews too a little bit too close to like textbook. I mean, yeah. you don't go and you don't read your like anthropology 400 pages for fun. I mean, somebody might, but. I mean, you go and you read the fiction, you get the highs and lows and the action and the the happy and the sad. And that's, I think that's why um, TV is so powerful because, I mean, why a show like uh, a CSI or whatever, I don't even know if that's still on, is more <laughs> popular than like some documentary because people want to be entertained before they want to be informed. Yeah. And if you can provide that entertainment in an educational way or at least where they kind of like vicariously learn something. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome too. So I imagine over time people start to get to know more about you, right? More personally things about you and and maybe in in conversations that that's come up. But I'm wondering if you think about um, conversations you've had with people, if there's uh, one thing that you would say is the most misunderstood thing about you. Um. Maybe maybe two things. If you want to know the second one, you can ask. But I think the first one is people think I'm extroverted. I am not extroverted. I'm I'm quite introverted. Um, introverted doesn't necessarily mean shy, but uh, 
if I walk into a room, I'm not going to be the – I don't mind being the center of attention, but I'm not the guy that will go in and start conversations with anybody. I'll just sit over there and lean against the wall and my I and judge people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an INTJ, and the J is for judging, I think, is on the Myers-Briggs. But um, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you're you're very extroverted. I'm like, nope, I'm actually not. Yeah, the, but, t- the term that I've heard is uh, a situational extrovert. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely that. If I'm in a position to where that's expected of me, it's totally different. Like after podcast movement last year, I hosted a, a dinner with I don't know fifteen twenty people, and I was as extroverted or for behaving that way as they come talking to everybody social, but I'd already also had a margarita mirror or two, <laughs> which does not help the situation or does not hurt the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, situationally extroverted or that would, that's accurate. Yeah. You said there were two. What's the second? Uh, the second one, I, someone who was uh, doing editing for me for one of the four, I think it was a good men project. She said, I, I came across as um, arrogant or cocky or something. Or a know-it-all, and that's that's happened before. But my, it's not that. It's just I stick to what I know. Mm-hmm. Like if if you got, if we start talking about, I don't know, cigars. Well, yeah, I, I probably <laughs> would be uh, a know-it-all because I am somewhat of an expert on cigars. But if we start talking about NASCAR, yeah, whatever, it would not be so. Um, if if you if anyone out there has perceived me as being arrogant, it's not that. It's just I just stick to what I know, and I don't generally um, get outside of that. However, I do try to know a little bit about everything, yeah. so I can talk to anybody. But I'm I'm not well, maybe sometimes cocky, but I'm not a, a, a know it all. I just I'm very well researched. That's part of that. Um. I was reading that INTJ profile and I was like, holy crap, that explains a lot. <laughs> like when we have a conversation about cigars, I'm going to have read like three books and smoked 400 cigars to tell you why you're wrong. Yeah, we, all, we, have, <laughs> we have all these things that we deep dive into and we, we nerd out on. You had a great opportunity to say if people think that uh, I'm a know-it-all and well, then F you and deal with it. <laughs> you could have just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and just rub some more people off the wrong way. What's um what's something you changed your mind about recently? Uh changed my mind about recently. I'm sure there was something. And it doesn't have to be podcasting or oh, man. business related. Oh, I um I'll be honest with you. I I had never talked to Oh, the redhead Tim Page before oh, yeah. you know Tim. Yeah, Lee Page. Um, I had never talked to him, and I just kind of assumed, and we know what assuming does it makes an ass out of you and me. I just kind of assumed he'd be a douche because he's he's like me in a lot of ways. Like he'll go up there and he'll just tell you like it is, yeah. and he will tell you like the the right way. And it's a really good way, but he's also very experienced in that. Like I've listened to him talk a few times, and if you didn't know, or maybe I, I don't want to say I'm more observant than people, but observant in a different way. I'm like, man, that guy's kind of an ass. 
But I had a chance to talk to him for basically a few hours while we walked around Chicago and went out. To, that guy is cool. He's really cool. He's down to earth. Um, and he's he when he says something with confidence, there's a reason. He's so many people blow smoke like mm-hmm. like their opinion is like the holy grail of advice, but they have no no reason to think that way like you're just an idiot with an opinion like you there's no experience there's no research but that's not tim has the a lot of experience and he's done a lot of research and he has i i respect a a lot of what he has to say and i i didn't want to say that because it kind of makes me sound stupid or might i don't i don't want it to make Tim look bad in any sort of way, but I really like that guy and me thinking anything less than him being cool was my lack of getting to know him. But well, that's cool because it, I mean, we all want to grow right as people and we want to know that you're a better person today than you were yesterday than you were a year ago. And just having that realization is just a a nice way to say, I can think something of somebody uh, and then have my mind changed, and then as a result, you know, you're you're more open and, and maybe not as quick to judge for other people, and so like all that shit is good. Well, yeah, and he he'd been Tim's been in this game that you or I are in, um, in, if you will, for a long time as well, and he's very well connected to some some big players like Pat Flynn, and I mean all of the the recognition that comes with lead pages and everything. And Clay, I have Clay Collins, yeah. Yeah, and I've I have seen people that are that well connected turn into real douchebags. And I just kind of assumed, oh, combined with everything else, he's probably a douche. Sorry, Tim, <laughs> if you if you listen to this, I really enjoyed talking to I'm, you. <laughs> well, I can name the episode. Apparently Tim Page is not a douchebag. Yeah, (laughs) and people be like what you gotta click on that one yeah Yeah. my conversation with ellery wells and like what yeah Yeah, that i I don't i don't know if that would help me in the online world seo would be great for me so well Well, i I like that guy a lot um well i think as a result of this conversation people realize that you're actually a nice guy now oh actually a nice (laughs) oh man that was that was that's like the opposite of a humble brag that was like a, a nice slam Oh, so uh, you're yeah. not an ass. Yeah, you're not an ass. Oh. Well, I mean, I, because we, uh, we had sort of like we're in the same uh, orbit, you know, like you said, 2014. Chris Cerrone, I think, was uh, yeah. a mutual friend. And then I was like, oh, there's Ellery, there's Ellery, oh, Ellery. And then I was like, and then we, and then we just happened to have a couple of moments where we could connect a bit on this past podcast movement. And I was like, we got a chat. So. So did. what what was your 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 initial perception of me then? Let's put you on the spot then. What did you I think? think just, of me? just you know, just aloof and you know into your own world. And I I think that's how everyone gets perceived when you don't talk to someone. And there's so many conversations you can have in only a finite amount of time. And you have to pick like who, not to sound like a jackass, but you have to pick who you spend time with and who you talk Absolutely. to. Absolutely. And so, you know, for whatever reason, we didn't get a chance to do that. So I didn't have a specific opinion, but I was like, ah, oh, just, he's just that guy. And he's doing that thing like everyone else. So <laughs> that guy doing that thing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing exciting about that. But then, I mean, we all have interesting lives and, uh, and I'm glad, uh, we got this opportunity to chat for a little bit because, uh, I think you, you do have an interesting life and I think you're doing interesting things and I want more people to know about that. Well, thank you. I, I, I think it's somewhat what interesting. Maybe it's not as interesting as it. There's no dragons and, uh, <laughs> you know, 
slang of whatevers, but no. uh, that I was trying to make up a Game of Thrones analogy because y'all talked about it. But, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but it's everyone. Uh, I think in your own way, you're slaying your own dragons, right? And you're making people realize the importance of getting out of that cubicle if they need to, and and that's sometimes a, a bit more important. If you, and even if you just change one life at a time. Well, realizing the that if it's meant to be, it's up to me kind of thing. I mean, that's stop waiting around. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how, yeah, that kind of summarizes me and what I've seen and observed uh, over the last few years. Just people who are who are are doing something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like most of the people that we've talked about in the last hour or so, it's because they did something. Whether it worked or not, they just did something interesting. Whether they fell on their face or um, we don't remember the time that they fell, but just doing something to make uh, make the change and um, be, a, be a podcast junkie. I don't know what happened to my shirt, by the way. I don't know what I did with it. What a nice way to put a bow on this conversation. <laughs> I, I was trying. I was trying. Very you, get good. A, you get a sense for that, that clock winding down. So, what's, uh, what's the best place for folks to track you down? Elleriewells.com. It's pretty easy because everything, everything goes from there. Feels good to have your own domain name, right? Yeah. Do you, do you have Harry Duran? I do. I, do. I don't have anything on it yet, but I, I've got to get a, get this persona or whatever this brand thing going. Gary V style. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's good because then you can just, that's my home base for everything. And I can push people to my business, to my podcast, to my book when it's coming out and all that sort of stuff. So elleriewells.com. Ellery, I'm uh, really honored that I uh, got to know you a little bit better. Yeah, it, that was fun. Or is fun, was fun. Yeah. We're still in it. it. Yeah, it's been very fun. So very cool. thanks for having me and let me talk to the, the fellow podcast junkies out there. Yes. Thanks for your time and uh, say hi to Ashley. I will. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ellery. He's really a fascinating guy. I think you'll resonate with his story if you've ever been in corporate America and you realize that that's really not for you. But that doesn't mean we don't come from there with uh, some stories and some lessons learned. I mean, I myself was in corporate America for 20 plus years. And it's almost like two different universes. It's this the corporate mindset and then the entrepreneurial mindset. and and I, I don't know uh, that if you don't spend a considerable amount of time in one that you will understand what the other is like until you've actually lived it yourself. So kudos to all those who have taken the leap, to any of those that are listening, that are thinking about taking the leap. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say just do it because it's, it sounds a little too cliche and, and it oversimplifies what's necessary from a mindset and preparation standpoint, but... If that is an itch you're consistently looking to scratch, then there's a lot of opportunities to learn from folks who have done it before you. Ellery is definitely one of those. And uh, if you have any questions for me, just shoot them in, in into me. Um, the primary way to get in contact with me that I'm focusing on for these few episodes is SpeakPipe. So head on over to podcastjunkies.com. There's a banner um, on the right side of the screen and just uh, click on it and you can literally literally leave me a, uh, a voicemail message that I'll get. I'm going to start playing some of those on the show as well. Um, as a matter of fact, we did have two come in, so let's take a listen. Harry Duran, Diz Runs in the house. How you doing, buddy? I meant to uh, leave you a little 
message, a little voice memo, if you will, when you asked for it last week. But I was, you know, I was doing what I do. I was listening to the, uh, the interview with Desmond when I was, I don't know, driving or running or I was doing something. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't at home. I wasn't in front of the computer, and uh, I just completely forgot. And then uh, today, in your interview with Stefan or Stephen, I don't know. I can't I think it was Stefan, right? Did, am I remembering correctly? Um, I was out riding the bike, and I was like, "Oh shit! I forgot to leave Harry a, a voicemail." But I finished riding my bike before the episode was over, so when it finished up and you were like, Hey, head over to podcastjunkies.com and leave me a voicemail. I was like, Oh yeah, I need to do that. So that's what I'm doing. This is probably the worst voicemail you've ever received, isn't it? I, I apologize for that. But, uh, anyway, I, I hope you're doing well, man. Um, it's, uh, I definitely missed being able to, to connect with you and give you a hug at podcast moment this year. But, uh, hopefully our, our paths will cross again at some point sooner rather than later. So I'm about to get cut off. I got about eight seconds left, so I'm going to get out of here, but uh, keep up the good work, buddy. And we'll talk soon. See you. Harry Patrick Keller here from the big seance podcast. I just wanted to tell you how much you rock. I love your podcast. I think you know that. And I have never missed an episode. I enjoy your retention hashtags and You even inspired me to do my own retention hashtags on my own show. Occasionally, not all the time, but we call them paranerd hashtags on my show. And you know what? Your most recent episode with Stefan was awesome. And you know that that would be right up my alley. And uh, it was great. I like your Facebook lives. I love to catch up with you on Facebook live. Anytime I see you on there when I can and uh nerd out with you there and um i also love that you're inviting people to use the speak pipe i think every podcaster uh wishes that they would get contact uh from the speak pipe or any kind of audio um feedback a lot more often than really happens and i have my own speak pipe and it's you know very often quiet so um it was kind of cool to have an opportunity to leave someone else's speak pipe today so again, you rock. Thanks for everything you do. Bye, Harry. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, but that that that's awesome. It's it, I'm a, I'm at a bit of a loss for words because uh, you can tell that these are friends. Uh, that Denny and Patrick are friends and fans of the show. And I just can't tell you how much that means to me, guys. I can't tell you how much it means to me that you would take the time to record it and express um, your feelings about the show and following up on my call to action, which is always amazing as a podcaster to have that. And it doesn't happen enough. And I think just having the voice-to-voice connection hearing a good friend's voice even if it's people you've 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 had on the show already you know i I just love this idea of creating connections for life when i have guests on who become friends and uh i encourage those of you who haven't left me one to go ahead head on over to podcastjunkies.com the speak pipe button is there 
as you might have guessed, I'm going to start playing these on the air. And I want to get the voice out for you and just let, you know, share the comments and just in, increase the sense of community here on the show. So that's Denny Crahey, Diz Runs Podcast, and Patrick Keller of The Big Seance Podcast. Thanks, 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 thank you so much. We are a member of Podcastica. Head on over to podcastica.com. We've got a great collection of shows there. Um, in case you're wondering what to listen to and if you run out of shows in your queue, um, check out the list there and I'm sure you'll find something that you like. Music intro and outro music is composed by my friend George Abiana, otherwise known as Cedar and Soil. You can find his fantastic, amazing, amazing music at cedarsoil.com. Um, again, the call to action is, is pretty simple today. Uh, speak pipe. Speak pipe button on podcastjunkies.com. Very easy for you to leave a, a comment for me. Um, the sponsor for this week is uh, this episode is, well, <laughs> I'm not going to do a second take on that. This episode is brought to you by is probably how I should formally introduce that. But it's PodFunnel and PodFunnel is my new project and it's for podcasters who under, understand how overwhelming it is to get all the the episode details up. It's enough of a chore to get it produced and, and edited and up hosted up to this, your, your hosting company that slips in Blueberry, whatever it is, and up to iTunes so people can find it. But there's other things you could be doing, um, but most often podcasters don't because they run out of time. So I've created PodFunnel. It's a front-end dashboard that lets you submit your podcast and all the pieces of it to WordPress, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, um, Twitter as well. We'll schedule that whole first week of tweets for you. We've also embedded Alphonic's, uh ID3 tagging and mastering engine inside the tool. So you don't have to pay extra for Alphonic. Sign up for a membership at PodFunnel, and that's included. So you'll get the, the ID3 tag mastered, all your artwork embedded, and your description embedded. Uh, the audio is going to sound amazing. And then we'll send it over to, uh, right now we support Libsyn, so it'll FTP it over to Libsyn and um, then get it on over to those other sites as well. So right now I'm in the process of signing up what I call Pioneers. If you're interested, please head on over to podfunnel.com, put in your email, and um, I'll get in contact with you. There's a couple of slots left, and it's really someone who's interested in getting a one-time uh one-time price for lifetime access, and you'll be included in all the upgrades that are going to be added. We're looking to add Instagram, uh, Facebook, and uh, LinkedIn as other destinations that you can customize. It's not just sending it to there. It's customizing the pieces of your podcast to there as well. So a lot's more to tell you about. I'd love to dive in deeper with you, so check it out if you get a chance. Uh, the retention hashtag is going to be always Ellery. It's hashtag a-L-W-A-Y-S-E-L-L-O-R-Y, always Ellery, um, just to let me know that you've made it this far, regular fans. I really appreciate appreciate the fact that you do that. Um, it means a lot to me, and um, I don't forget that stuff. So tune in next week. We're going to have an interesting conversation with Karen Coppett. If you don't know the name, you definitely know the show, It's Walking Dead, and you definitely know the podcast, It's Walking Dead, cast with Jason Kabasi and Karen Kapit. Uh, I had Jason on earlier, and now I get a chance to speak to an amazingly funny uh, 
Karen Coppett, and, and you're going to enjoy that conversation. She's obviously got a regular job outside of the podcasting, which is fascinating as well. But um, she's just a really engaging personality, and I think uh, you'll really like that. So thanks again for your support. I love you guys. Speak pipe for the comments so you can be included in the next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.